Hey everybody, this is Belgarian and Beyond, the show where we explore magical reality through fiction, chapter by chapter, and we've begun with the Belgarian series of books by David Eddings. Welcome to season three, episode 20. This season we're reading book three, Magician's Gambit, and today we're diving into chapter 19. My name is Sandra Turnbull. I'm from the Goddess Kindled Universe, which is a publishing company, and I write magical realism, and I teach real magic. And I'm Alicia Seymour, a fantasy author, and I write um, stories about magic and finding wonder within the darkness. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're heading into Thalmergos. Dun, dun, mm-hmm. dun. So we'll have a new map in the show notes. Yeah, new section of the book. Get to the last section, right? Or is there four sections? Uh, now I have to look. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, it's the last section of the book. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight chapters. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five. Nine chapters, including today. Okay, we're almost the there end of the book. That went by really fast, it feels like. Yeah, so this is like we're getting into the, we're heading into the climax, like heading towards mm-hmm. the climax of of um, this bit of the story. And we'll start to get to learn more about the uh, Mergos. Yeah. Um, as a people. Yeah. So hopefully things will start making more sense. Because mm-hmm. I know how confusing it was when I read it the first time, um, yeah. trying to like keep everyone straight and all the people straight. It is a little bit. For me, it wasn't confusing. It was more just that it just doesn't register for me. I'm like, okay, why? Well, yeah, okay. I, I just don't care enough yet. <laughs> exactly. Think- why do I care? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, there's no point for me to remember who's who yet because it's not yeah. like there was anything in particular that was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta hold on to this so I can. And the thing, I mean, the thing I like about this world mm-hmm. is that each of the peoples have distinct attributes. So once you know what the attributes of those people are, it's easier to kind of, uh, f- you know, fit it into the world, like build the world in your imagination. And yeah. so we start to learn more about the Murgos, like the Murgos being, you know, the, what qualities the different tribes have. Um, like, you know, like um, like the Alorns, you know, like Barak and Dern. And Dernick's not really an Alorn, but, you know, like uh, Silk and Barak are Alorns and Mandarallon is... Um, um, what are they? What's the name? What's the word? Barak. Huh? Um, Arendish. <laughs> They're Arends. Okay. So there's, okay. oh, I always do that. So Alorns and Arends. So, so Mandarallon and like way back, who, who was the other? Leldoran. They know. were the t- two um, examples of Arends. And, you know, so you know we're getting we get it like an idea of the different peoples anyway yeah i guess we do our cup hey polgaris cup what's in your cup sweetheart 
Um, my cup is cinnamon swirl in hemp milk. I've never had hemp milk. Is it good? It's, it's really good. Um, it's better if you can buy it with a little sweetness to it, just like original instead of unsweetened because it can be really bland otherwise. But if you put cinnamon in it, it's good. Is it creamy? Uh, yeah, it, it's really good to drink in the evening or like before bed to help you sleep. So, and sometimes I'll have it in the afternoon after lunch if I, like when I'm really trying to do good and not snack on things I shouldn't be eating, I'll have hemp milk instead and it'll feel, keep me filled till oh, dinner. Okay. So, but it's been, this last week felt a little bit like a whirlwind as I was trying to go back and think about it. I couldn't pick any one thing to really focus on. But um, I think that's because we've all been in the house together still. And I've been doing a lot of writing. I was doing a lot of chores around the house. I had like this energy, mm. like peak. And so I just felt like I'm going to go do all this, do, do, do. And then I kind of wiped myself out. Um, but also in between, I've been drawing more. Um, I don't know if I ever talked about it on here, but you had shared with me the neurographic drawing and I was dabbling in it a little bit here and there. And this past week, it just kind of came on like a whoosh of inspiration that I just started doing bunches of them and I'm tying in fantasy stories to them now. It feels really, really fun to do. And uh, there are also some things that brought on more heaviness for me that I need to still probably release some things around mm -hmm. <laughs> but yep. overall I I feel good about where everything is going and where I'm at okay so cool yeah okay great well my cup <laughs> I went looking for the recipe for a Midori melon liqueur um cocktail that I used to drink when I was like a teenager <laughs> because uh, the painting that I just finished is all leaves like blowing across the page and it's like a little bit of green through them a little bit of sort of um, chartreuse like a yellowy green kind of um, yeah and, and and I just you know, this melon, like a honeydew melon liqueur that's green. And this cocktail is called an illusion. I've put, I'll put the recipe in the show notes, but it's like um, Midori vodka, triple sec, lemon juice and pineapple juice. And it's so yummy. It's like, oh, it's just it's like <laughs> summer. And it's really cold. Though. Like we're in, in winter. We might even get snow on the weekend. Gosh, your fingers for me, everyone. I want snow. I would like just a day of white, please. That would be lovely. <sighs> maybe, maybe. So anyway, so but like I've had all this, like you, inspiration and I've been drawing and painting and every day. Yeah. And it just feels fresh and lovely. And so that's what I put into my cup. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a really, like, I can just see you sitting, like, outside in your little 
gazebo in summer sipping that drink <laughs> while you're just painting i tell you that's totally like gonna happen i'm life. doing that i will i will do that the life of sandra and you just see you sitting like this yes. that's it <laughs> here's to magical realism <laughs> yeah <sighs> but yeah so okay what's garyan's view this week Okay, Garion's view is that they are, they, Relg leads, leads them through the caves deep under the mountains. It seems like many long days to everybody else because it's really uncomfortable underneath all that ground. And they resurface to Relg's dismay because he's kind of starts panicking once they're outside of the caves. So Garion. Um, tries to talk him down once he starts kind of freaking out about the sky and what what is it I'm terrified of it um, and that kind of just spirals Relg down into this I don't know what you call it like a guilt train of his sins and all he's done and he runs away into the forest <laughs> pretty much <That's> <laughs> yes what did you think of this chapter it was enjoyable. I thought it had a um, good change of pace. Oh, true. Um, yep. Because maybe I don't know if it's a new character in the mix or because being underground in the caves, he was really good. The author did a really good job, I thought, describing all of that. So I could really imagine mm-hmm. being in there. Um. And I just have a weird fondness for caves too. So anytime, yeah. those, especially in fantasy, so anytime those two are combined, it's like you have my attention. Where does that come from, do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. It's been like that since I was a kid. I've just always felt caves to be magical. I um, can remember. Wow, this is an old memory. When mm-hmm. I was tiny, I must have been like, three or four maybe yeah four maybe four we went to New Zealand and I my strongest impression is green and I have a vague memory of glowworms in a cave like glowworms on the roof of a cave I'm sure it was when I was in New Zealand well I'm not sure but I think it was that is a very magical memory. I can almost yeah. smell. I can almost smell it. The the damp. Oh wow, that's <laughs> awesome! <laughs> I've never seen glowworms before. I mean, maybe at the zoo exhibit, but never like just like that in a cave. Tons of them on the ceiling. Oh my I'm goodness. Just- I have to see. I have to do some. I'll do some googling when I do the show notes and see if that's if that's an actual memory or if I've made it up. Yeah, a puppy or a little person. (laughs) No, it's my dog. She's opening the door. One second. Go. You go up there. Go. This door. The door doesn't lock, and so she's strong enough that she pushes it with her nose. Okay. And it opens. Uh, but yeah, caves, I just, yeah, they're fascinating to me. Like when 
Lord of the Rings was mm-hmm. a thing for me. I was just discovering it. And I first discovered the Minds of Moria and mm-hmm. the stories. And for a while I played Lord of the Rings online. I think I've said that here before. Yeah. I remember the release of, cause they, they release it in patches or batches, whatever you call them. And so first you could only get to a certain point of the storyline. The next part of the storyline was going through the Minds of Moria getting out to the other side to Lothlorien and I have I was just itching the whole time waiting for that for that expansion uh, expansion pack that's what they're called yeah yeah and so when it came I gotta tell you I was in heaven like exploring the case in this yeah in this game because it, it, they did an amazing job it's like it's endless inside the Mines of Moria you can go all, all these places and so I would just so what do you around. have to do like do you make a character and mm-hmm. Hey, create a character. What was your character? Oh, I had a few, but the one that I got the furthest, she was a human. Her name was Aladal. Did you make up the name? I did. I made it up. And you have to get really creative, especially now. You have to get really creative with names in there because all of them are taken. So you probably (laughs) see some crazy names now. But I, st- I was one of the first ones to start playing that game. Uh, but yeah, so, but I've tried the elves. The elves are my favorite, of course. When was the last time you were in there? Oh, it's been a while. Probably like two years, yeah. two years or so. And now I have a Mac. Ever since I got this Mac, I haven't tried to reconnect it on here. I don't even know if it's compatible with the apples or not. That would look really awesome, though. I'd probably be in trouble if it did work <laughs> and I got it on here. Just I'd keep drawing. Just keep drawing. Just, just draw. Yeah. Just do the drawing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, we'll get into the chapter discussion. Wolf's Wolf's wisdom. Um. Yeah. Uh, ask a question later on excuse me in um a question in um prophecy speaks later is about my face oh Uh, is it having trouble again well it hasn't really ever completely gone away and i'm just thinking because when i look at video i'll talk about later anyway Anyway, so chapter 19, um, they're in, we're in Garion's head again, and they're in the caves heading away from Prolgu, so they're in Olgo, in the Olgo caves, um, heading up to the surface. Yeah. And so it feels like they've been down there for a long time. I think it says somewhere that they've been like after about five days or something. Yeah, that's what he said. That's a long time underground. I couldn't do it. I, would, I was trying I would be to be panicking. I was trying to feel what that would be like and I can't because I have no reference. I have no reference. I've been. I think we've I, talked I about being underground before, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Because I remember 
I remembered when it came to real life relating and I was typing one up. I'm like, I've talked about this before. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I know I did a lot of exploring as a kid and I crawled through t- tight spaces and that kind of stuff. Mm. I don't know about caves specifically. Like I've never been under a huge mountain or anything like that. Mm. But I definitely know that I don't do well if if I can't move. Like it's mm. crammed and I have to like really squeeze through. I panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, says my mom. My mom doesn't do well in small cars. <laughs> mm. Yeah, at all. Anyway, so um, and so they they're all kind of at the edge of panic like because rail's got a tiny like a very small light with one tiny little you know like that rock that's mixed together to make the light right and everyone's just on the edges of their skin and um but but what keeps them together and stops them from falling into panic is that rail is very sure of where he's moving the directions that he takes, the corners that he turns, he's always very sure of where he's going. And so he's really keeping them all grounded. Yeah, just barely. Yes. (laughs) But but he, uh, I guess it's that one last little strand that they're all hanging on together, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, we really only get to see... um, we know Garion's kind of freaking out because we're in his head. And then we know Silk, obviously, from another chapter, too, that he's not he's not a fan of being under there. Yeah. And it's it's mentioned again here that he has a slight edge of panic in his voice yeah. when he speaks. So well, because because Relk stops, he just comes to a full stop at one point. And um yeah, Silk has a little, oh my god, what's wrong? Um but Rogue's just stopped because he's got to cover his eyes because the cavern that they're going to pass through reflects the light from the surface in a vein of quartz. And um, this is, I, I really, there were a few details in the description of this cavern, this quartz cavern that they passed through that I hadn't picked up before, like the little waterfall rippling the surface of the lake in the centre of the cavern. Um, and I, I could see the rainbows, you know, refracting in the light from the crystals. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. It's a well, yeah. the description is really well done, I think. Yeah, I agree. This is the part that really caught my attention. Uh-huh. As I said, that's exactly one of the things that I love about caves is that they have all of that stuff in there like crystals and I don't know what else what else do they have like you said glow worms and all this crazy (laughs) stuff that glows in the dark yeah like it just makes it to me that seems really magical in its own sense so they get some relief as soon as they step into this cavern but because it's a little more open they can have a little light from the crystals yeah, but, but. Um, yeah, but so Rogue's like, hurry, hurry, quickly pass through, keep going. And Barrack gets a bit of the pig up and says, look, you know, you might like the dark, but we don't. We might just hang out here for a while. And Rogue's like, no, this is the worst place you could stop. 
your eyes have taken two days to get used to the dark you're going to ruin all of that if you stay here get through as quickly as you can and barrack you know barrack's like oh yes you're right sorry and sort of you know as you do an apology you reach out to touch someone's shoulder right and rel kind of you know pulls back don't touch me yeah we learned that he doesn't want to be defiled no nobody can defile him (laughs) barrack gets really offended (laughs) It's um, Belgrath explains to him uh, the way he sees it, any kind of touch can soil him. Um, <laughs> I was like, soil that... him? Him is dirty as a pig in a wallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different kind of dirt. <laughs> I imagine this to be like uh, what came to mind is the people who will. Who have crystals they won't let anybody touch them because you're gonna mess up their energy kind of thing and i guess there's some sense to that but you know yeah. i'm just not like that so people can um, touch my crystals <laughs> yeah I didn't that's okay and so it reminded me of that like he is the crystal like do not touch me and you know defile this pureness that i've created well there's this i mean <laughs> yes okay i i work with energy i understand the content the concept of um you know energetic uh i wouldn't call it defilement but uh not even contamination but like the mixing of energies that come into contact yeah. but um yes yeah, so it's like an energetic dirt <laughs> i guess you could say Except um, Relg, I don't know. We're, get, we're getting, we're starting to get to know him. Um, but what do you think of him at the moment? I mean, he just seems very touchy and jumpy to me. He's, um, he definitely has his confidence, but he is. I, I don't know. I guess I'm used to being the strange one. So for me. Um, I can relate to everybody kind of reacting to him as they do. Like, what the heck's wrong with this guy? Oh, wow, that's really interesting. I, yeah, so I just, I don't know. I guess Do you I feel a kind of like an understanding? A little bit. I mean, I'm not like a religious fanatic or anything. I'm not. No, no, but the like the, the, around the, his oddness. Like that. His, his, yeah. his, the fact that he doesn't fit with them yet. Yeah, I've never fit in with groups of people. I'm always the weird one. Not anymore! <laughs> I know, now, now my people have come to me and I'm surrounded by them. So. Come to me, people. Be weird with me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think he's he's got a lot more to him than just being weird. Yep. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, yeah, so they keep going and eventually they come out. They sort of start to uh, smell the outside, smell the grass, smell the trees. Um, the this air is a really. Oh, sorry. No, no, I, go just had to, I just had to know that this, the way he described this whole as they start to ascend and Garen starts to notice the senses and the difference is yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, it's lovely. You can really feel like, ooh, I, I, Finally, I can smell the 
the grass again yeah <laughs> well I mean you know because the smells underground are so different like that damp yeah um moist rock and earth like the compressed earth and clay and like the air is like there's less fresh air I guess so that things are, are stiller yes very different underground <laughs> sorry yeah. I just got lost in a cave there somewhere <laughs> <laughs> that's okay um, so they all kind of go, yay, sunlight, daytime, outside, <laughs> and they run for it. Mm -hmm. Pretty well, they don't, but, you know, they're very excited to get out there. And as they start getting closer to the surface, Relg, like, they speed up, but Relg slows right down until right. he's, like, stopped. He's sort of binding cloth across his face. You know what else he reminded me of is, um, is I don't know if you ever watched the new Dark Crystal series on Netflix, but there's um, a series. Not much, maybe one or two. There's a type of Groton. I'm sorry, not a Groton. Groton is the type. There's a type of Gelfling and they're Grottons. They live in the caves under the ground. They never see the sky or the light or anything. And so one of the main characters, her name is Deet is one and she has she's tasked of going above the ground and so for the whole few first scenes she's got the thing around her eyes where she can still see through but she can't you know oh, the sun okay. is way too bright for her so, so kept, that's exactly what relg does right i kept thinking of deet when yeah. relg would do that kind of stuff it's almost like the same little scene too as she ascends up to the top oh really I wonder if I can find a clip of that. Um, but yeah, so like he binds veils across his face, yeah. and 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 um, so when they get to the top, Rel falters and stops. He says he can't, and he he turns his back. Um, like well, when they first get there, he presses himself against the rock wall. She's like, I can't do it. And they're all <laughs> like, Aunt Paul's trying to encourage him. And he's, she's like, well, we'll just we'll go really slowly. And he's like, don't touch me. Like almost absently, like he's, she doesn't touch him. She, she may not even, doesn't even say that she reaches out toward him. But that right. seems to be his um, response. Don't touch me. And Bar Barrack's like, yeah, that's going to get old real fast. Mm -hmm. He's not very impressed at all. <laughs> yeah. He's the one that doesn't do well with anything different. He's like, you know, I know my ways and I don't really understand anybody else's. Mm, yeah, he's not. Um, mm, oh, is he though? Yes, so far. Can, he can be adjustable, you know, but initially his reactions are very just, well, that's odd. <laughs> he gets, he gets then, pissed off, which kind of doesn't mind saying he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so they're all really like craving the light and Rel 
kneels down with his back to the outdoors and starts praying. And it says he beats his shoulders and chest with his fists. And Belgarath explains to everyone that it's a kind of a purification ritual. And he's trying to purge himself of all unholiness and draw the essence of the caves into his soul. Um, which is actually quite beautiful. <laughs> if it didn't, if it, like it kind of, it almost, the way that they talk about Relg makes it sound like they don't respect what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like the way that it says he thinks it may help to sustain him while he's outside. Now, I've always read it as kind of flippant. Maybe it's not. Maybe, you know, Belgrade's just explaining this is what it does. You know, this is his belief. He thinks this. I mean, he obviously understands a bit about it because he wants to know how long he's going to be and Belgara says it's about an hour. It's a fairly complicated ritual. So it's like he's, he's got a fairly broad understanding of what he's doing. And I guess I have always kind of been with Barrack at this point in the story especially the first time I read it I was like oh this guy is just (laughs) I don't like him at all and I didn't have any respect for him at all either I thought he was just a pain in the ass right so I guess you know it's a case of you know isn't that what we do though we read we take the perspectives of the characters that most reflect our own perspective at that point in time. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. There's a lot of stories I'll go back and read now. And I'm like, why did I like this character? They're very boring, you know, because mm-hmm. now, because before I was trying to fit in when I was young, I tried to fit in be like everyone else. So that's the character I read. Yeah. Now I'm like, uh, give me the weirdness, you know, that's what yeah. makes it interesting. So they're out and they start talking to each other. And Heta heads, is going to head off to collect, to get his defunct, to head to Al- Algaria. Al- Algaria? Is that what we decided to say? Algaria? Algaria? <laughs> to his dad. <laughs> yeah. And he's taking Cho-hag. the cult to Chohag. Yep to bring them to the escarpment to meet them on the, when the others come out of, um, um, let me just actually work out where they're coming from. Okay. So Cthulmurgos, when they come out of Cthulmurgos, so Cthulmurgos is the country, Rakthol is where they're heading to, is the city. Okay. <laughs> it is hard to keep track of that. Okay. Right. So yes, he's going and he's going to take the cult and his mother and the cult's mother with him because the cult's a little bit like going to a very serious place and the cult probably not serious enough at least. They you know need to keep him safe. I know the, the baby cult was cute in that. Mm-hmm. So just um just so excited to get outside back in the grass the sunshine 
Yeah, he's just a, a baby. baby. He's just a baby horse. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and uh, Barak asks Heta, "Do you know where you are?" And Heta sort of looks out at the plane and says, "Yep, of course, I know exactly where I am." And I, is that a horse thing? Do you think? Probably. I mean, it's kind of like Aragorn in Lord of the Rings. He was like a hunter and tracker and he could pretty much discern where he was at no matter where they were. Um, you know, just like in The Walking Dead too, like uh, what was his name, Daryl? He could find his way anywhere he needed to go just by like looking at the kinds of plants and like what was happening right here. And like, okay, now I know where, like at least which way I'm supposed to go. Okay. Kind of thing. So it is, I think it is a thing for, for those who are really skilled at it. Tracking. Okay. okay. Well, I just wondered, I wonder if it, I wondered if it was like, if like there are often horses around, can you just kind of hook in and like get a sense of, I don't know. It could be, yeah. He could, uh, maybe he can actually reach other horses' minds, other that are close by or something and just yeah kind of like well eat, that's what i wanted get a, get a whole bird's eye view <laughs> it's a whole other world hey okay so ah oh, okay so it's gonna so here's a bit of timing for us belgrass is probably going to take us at least a month to get to rakthol which is the city Rakthol mishrak no i'm not looking again anyway <laughs> to Raxol and back um, and they'll light some fire he says that if we get time we'll light some fires on the top of the escarpment the eastern escarpment which is the cliff that they're going to head towards when they come out um, before they head down but please be there waiting for us it's really important we don't want the Mergos blundering into Bulgaria that would be bad yeah. we do not want a war just yet and um, so they separate. And Barak, uh, sort of, you know, I'm going to miss Hetar. So it looks like, yeah, well, because old Mergos wouldn't be a good place for Hetar. <laughs> we'd, we'd, you know, we'd have to put a leash on him. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> but it's, it, but it's true. I kind of feel that loss now. Like they've been together. And it's not that we know them all really in depth as people, these characters, but the dynamics are changing. Like Heta's leaving and Relg has joined them. And that's going to be totally different dynamics. Like you were saying, the pace has changed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it'll be interesting without Hetar in the picture what happens to the dynamic i'm sorry i'm trying to email this really quick this homework <laughs> assignment that's okay that's okay that's why so and we hear from like mender allen's like which direction do we take and he squints out into the grassland and he's sort of peering around and belgrass knows the way he points southeast that way so they head across the end of the vale um and then they go through the southern tip so they're going to go around the southern southern tip of Mishrak Akthol. 
so we'll get to meet the thol some thols probably pretty soon in one of the next couple of chapters that's so they're a tribe of mergos the thols okay yeah because uh, i remember them mentioned before but then i was like wait a second i don't remember who they were though so we <laughs> met thols. some thols way back in book one they were the porters to the mergos so they were like the servants for the mergos that visited the farm okay. and tried to buy the hams when they were still at Faldor's farm. So way back then, right. so like, you know, dismissed as, as servants to Mergos, like underlings. Okay. I don't really remember that, but. <laughs> That's okay. Well, Silk says something here. Um, they don't, they probably won't have to be too careful when they're in Mishrakak Thol because Thols don't put out patrols uh, like as regularly as Murgos do. And Silk says, well, Thols don't really do much of anything unless they have to. They're, all they want to do is avoid Grollums. So that's okay. our first little insight into, so you've got Thols, Murgos and Grollums there. Okay. Um, and it gives you a little sort of mix, you know, a little idea of what the mix of those three peoples are. Um, the Grollums sounds really similar to the Gorem as well. Yes, if it, yeah, but no. No, no. make it. It just makes it a little tongue twisty when the names are that close. Well, especially when they're like that far opposite of each other. They're so opposite of each other. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. So, Dernick wants to know when they're going to start. And Belgrad says, as soon as Rogue finishes his prayers, and Barak says, ah, we have time for breakfast then. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they, they head out and Relg is really uncomfortable. He rides really badly. His legs are sticking out stiffly. He just keeps his head down all the time. He's got the, his own like leaf mail armor on with like a close fitting hood. It's belted at the waist. And over that, he's got one of Dernick's old tunics. And you can sort of just see, picture him, this little figure sitting really stiffly uh, on a horse looking keeping his face down mm -hmm. and um barrack just disapproving all over the place yeah <laughs> and warning belgrath you know like don't want to tell you your business but that's going to be trouble before that we've finished aunt paul's like a little bit of compassion barrack you know he's never ridden before and the light hurts his eyes and she also says at least he isn't getting drunk all the time as well. Like <laughs> a little other bit people. of dig. Aunt Paul does not like <laughs> them when they get drunk. Yeah. So they set up camp for the nights. Um, and it's when Rog looks up to the sky that he starts freaking out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Gary is the one that runs over to him when he kind of like collapses to the ground and looks you know i could imagine it being like watching somebody who thinks they're dying 
they yeah. just kind of like collapse in on themselves and like utter terror no reasoning and Ralg is again like don't touch me um, but Garion is persistent with him and he finds out the sky terrifies him and um, he doesn't understand at first he's like why would the sky scare this guy and then he remembers like well just like the caves really creeped me out like I was on the edge of panic and losing my mind it's the opposite for him it's the sky that scares him because he's never seen it before mm-hmm. so I could imagine I was trying to imagine like what would it feel like to be this adult person and just see the sky for the first time like you always had something over your head mm-hmm. never knew a sky existed <laughs> what would that feel like it would probably be a little bit unnerving well it would and and then I was trying to and then Garion goes on to say well it's not empty there's lots of things up there mm-hmm. you know clouds and sun and some stars and birds and he tries to ex- like to explain what clouds are and I mean it has like it's really hard to just to to describe like how do you describe something that you just like I was trying to imagine how I would describe it. I'm like, oh, I just, how do you describe something that someone, like, how do you do that? It'd be very hard. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he knows words, descriptive words that would be used to describe. Yes. Yeah. And, so and, say. Oh, okay. So I guess I equated it with trying to, ex- to describe something to a blind person. Or someone who mm-hmm. is is sight impaired, but of course it's not the same thing at all, is it? No, because he's still been able to see everything else in his life. He's seen something that's soft. Exactly. And they have pillows. Yeah, exactly. And, and steam or something like steam yeah. from a false smoke. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, it would just take a while, like Arian says, it takes him a while to explain clouds and then trying to move on to birds is a little easier, but still. You feathers know, were hard. Yeah, it's <laughs> feathers. Uh, but our poll encourages Garion to keep going, like to keep talking because the panic mm-hmm. is sort of subsiding as Garion explains the things that are there. And um And then the, the conversation, just all of a sudden, Relg says, all spoke to you. He called you Belgarian. Is that your name? Um, and Garian's a bit uncomfortable. It's like, oh, yeah, but I don't, it's supposed to be my name later, I think, when I'm older, but, you know, not yet. And Relg's like, nope, all knows everything. Uh, he called you Belgarian. I'm going to call you Belgarian. Carrie's like, oh, I really wish you wouldn't. <laughs> and this is this is where I, I like, I don't know, does he just snap at this point? Because from that comment, from from him saying like, I'll call you, call you Bulgarian, then all of a sudden he just goes into, my God rebuked me, and I have failed him, and that's when he really just loses yeah, it. Well, I guess. I guess well, Garion has been compassionate, and Relg's God communicated personally with Garion in a respectful way 
in an approving way. And, you know, I guess he's just unlocked a little bit and he starts to kind of just talk about, oh, you know, talk about the things that are bothering him, which, you know, okay, not a bad thing. But but he, he does, he spirals down really, really, really quickly and just is, is full of this loathing, this self-loathing, he's horrible, lower than dirt, you know, and starts to describe all of the reasons why he's unworthy and the things he's done wrong and the, you know, all of the, the sin that he's committed and selfishness and pride and he's even like physically hurting himself a little bit like well he does he 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 beats he begins to beat the sides of his head with his fists and garion is says stop that you'll hurt yourself at the end of it, Relta said, oh, I'm filth and abomination. All should have raised his hand against me and destroyed me. And Garion says, well, that's forbidden. He just says it without thinking. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, Relta's like, well, he's a god. Who can re- forbid him anything? And Garion sort of explains a little bit about unmaking, how unmaking is forbidden. It's the first thing we learn. And I think I said he says we, so... Rogue's like, oh, you know the secrets of the gods. You're, you know, up there with them. And Garion immediately knows, oh, shit. Shouldn't have said that. Rogue asks Garion to forgive him. Mm -hmm. Give him his sin. Like, bows (laughs) down in front of him, his face in the dirt. I really liked how... Gary and responded to this I think I love this dry part. voice really really I like it a lot yeah I felt that 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 dry voice and him kind of melded together a little bit in that moment yeah just me too well and out. I th- I think that it's the it's an influence of the mature part of Gary and so it seems dry voice but it almost seems like Morgarian, like the true, his true center. But yeah, it's it seems almost like the dry voice, doesn't it? Because it sort yeah. of says he gets he he's so clear in the answer that he has to give. He's just so clear. He says, right. "No, I can't. I can't do that. You are the only one who can." Um, what's he say? You can only punish yourself or forgive yourself. I yes. can't do that. Yes, he, like he—he's absolutely. He knows that this is what he—the response that he has to give. Um, I liked that point because it's true for everybody. You know, yep. even us in this world. Yep. The only time we're ever punished is when we allow somebody to punish us and believe in that, or we uh, just punish ourselves. And you know, really, it's what it ultimately what it comes down to is we punish ourselves nobody Mm. else punishes us well you know well we let's not talk about someone being like physically restrained and Mm -hmm. but like the emotional part of any of anything we are the ones who punish ourselves with that right always 
That's what, why I say that it's through your allowing. Mm -hmm. Like when you allow somebody else's words or actions to make you feel that guilt mm -hmm. or whatever it is, mm -hmm. that's still on you, mm -hmm. you know? It's yep. your choice to react that way. You can choose to just like, all right, just let it roll off and move on. And at no and point, at no point is it a case of just rolling off to let, let, let it roll off you. No point does that mean do not process your emotions. Feel all your emotions yep. and let them move through you. If you feel angry, feel angry and then move through that. Why do you feel angry? You know, get because there's always a there's always a reason why, and usually it's because mm. you're right, they're wrong. Mm, is that right? It really, really, <laughs> mm? yeah, yeah. And usually the reason why is something completely different than what you think. Usually, <laughs> <laughs> I've had to do a lot of that these last couple of days, so uh -huh. it's fresh for me. <laughs> Oh, you poor thing. I would so like to give you a big hug. <laughs> yeah. Lots of, lots of awareness needed right now, which is yes. why I appreciated Garyan's awareness in yeah. this scene. Presence, presence and awareness. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. And uh, like Gar Aunt Paul's like, Garyan. He's like, I didn't do anything. It's not my fault. And Belgrade gets quite quite cross with him um, mm -hmm. because he, he, you know, Garen explains, he wanted me to, you know, he said he committed all these sins and wanted me to punish him and forgive him. And Wolf's like, so? Just what's so hard about that? Just do it. It's a, little, it's a little lie. Why is that so hard? And Garen is like, dude, no, that's just wrong. This is too important. This is way too important to Relg for me to like play tricks with him. Right. Um, and I just love that he stood his ground. Even yeah. though Belgrath's like, <laughs> well, Belgrath's perspective is that he needs Relg to be a, a functioning yes. human being in order <laughs> to do it. He needs him to do. Exactly. And so a little lie. To him, it's a little yeah. lie because with Belgrath, you know, he's got the perspective of how many years now? Well, centuries and and Belgrath just he just wants to get the job done. He's like, yep, just want to get this done. Need this person, find the caves, that's it. Like it's a he's almost like Rel's a tool because it, it, there are times that like there are times where Wolf is so very connected to everything. But I think a lot of the time he's like up in the way up in the big picture area of necessity you know yeah that's his role isn't it yeah he's got to keep everybody on task exactly and not and run sure off it and they you know, get where they need to get he just he can't afford for some religious <laughs> nut to be hysterical running off into the forest and getting lost that's just no because he needs to find the caves so <laughs> anyway <laughs> and yeah the chapter ends with Garion fully acknowledging that the journey to Kaltholmegos is going to be very long and uncomfortable <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. I think 
I think he feels the tension between him and um, Belgrath now is going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Okay. Oh, I just had a panic. I just thought, I thought we weren't recording. Oh my gosh. I paused, um, I paused it when you went to get a, a Kleenex earlier. Ah, shit. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> when, I came back, when I came back, I saw the red light was flashing. So I didn't say anything. You must have. I don't think you even paused it. I did. But like by the time I'd paused it, you were coming back and I'd unpaused it again. But. Oh, okay. I remember thinking at the time, have I have I unpaused it? And I'm looking, is it recording? It says it's recording. I'm just going to trust it. It says it's recording. Good. Glad Are you emailing recording. again? No, I'm just updating my um, prophecy speaks thing. Because it came to me as we were speaking that I wanted to change it. Oh, cool. I almost changed mine too, but I think I need to. I'll just expand mine a little bit. Muscular, something more okay. sinister. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> more <Yeah>. sinister. <laughs> okay, so magic. Magic for the chapter I chose. Oh, I chose Garion's awareness um, during his moment where he understands Ralph. Puppy, there's a puppy. You know, she's peeking her big head in. I call her big head. <laughs> oh, is it Luna? A, yes, she's got a big puppy head. Hold on, they're both here. It's the cutest thing when you see like the big one up here, the little ones right here, and they're both just looking at you. <laughs> like, are you going to let us come visit? Okay, no barking, you okay. two. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I chose Garion's awareness as the magic because the way he responds to Relg and just the understanding he has while Relg is trying to like just pummel himself with guilt. Now she wants to go back out. <laughs> okay, I've seen what's in here. I'm not interested. Let me out again. <laughs> She's like, yeah. This is boring. You're not doing anything. <laughs> sitting and yapping. It's a computer. That makes no sense. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah so yeah, that yeah. was Garion's awareness. I just thought the way he handled the whole thing with Ralph was, especially for Garion, it was quite a magical moment. Yeah, I think it shows his maturing. Yeah, I had not seen him yet handle something that well. So there was another, oh, there was a piece in the chapter when they were in the crystal cave and it was so beautiful. And Garion had a thought that he would really like to show to tell mm -hmm. Sinedra about it. Yeah. And he's like, oh, where'd that come from? Mm -hmm. You know, that was, that was sweet too, I thought. Yeah, it was. How about your magic? Oh, so my magic is the way the whispers, so when they're in the caves still, it it's part of the description is there are whispers lingering in the 
in the caves, in these old, old caves that haven't been disturbed for like eons. And I just loved that thought that there were whispers like in the, you know, waiting to, to be heard, just lingering. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> that is really cool. And what about your real life? My real life believing, I chose claustrophobia. I think I used this the last time mm. for real life relating. Mm. They're in underground somewhere, but I don't know. I just really can feel like I start to feel that anxiety a little bit when I read stuff like that. Have I can you just ever feel... like had an experience where that's like you, you don't have to end if, it, if that's the thing, don't talk about it. If it's going to make you very uncomfortable, just stop. <laughs> no, I think I shared it last time too, but it was the moment when I was a kid. At my <gasps> that's right, in the rug. Yeah. She rolled me up in a huge rug. Like it was bigger than us. We were yeah. littler. Yeah, that's horrible. So, I, even me, like I'm like, oh no, you don't have to say that again because that's very bad and uncomfortable and... <laughs> It's yeah, I mean, horrible. I'm past it now, but I just, I don't like small spaces ever since that. I don't know it, at it. Yes. And, and it really made me question, like, what true friendship is. Because I'm like, what, what kind of friend are you to do that to me? Come I on. know, right? Oh, she also likes to torture me in the pool. That's she knew I wasn't a strong swimmer. And that's she a, would. No, that's, that's a control dynamic, not a friendship. A, Right, right. I see that now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she liked to have me be stuck in the deep end of the pool. Well, oh, let me get to the shallow end. Honey, I'm so out, sorry. That's horrible. Walk around. <sighs> yeah, I had, yeah. I, had a, I had a person like that in my we life all, when I was very young. Yeah. What was her name? We all have it, I think. What was her name? I've blocked it out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I remember, but I'm not going to say just because. No, that's fine. That's fine. Her parents still live. Her parents still live in this neighborhood. Oh, yay. <laughs> yay for Sometimes living in the car. Out. Yay for living in the neighborhoods where we grew up. No, I don't live there and I'm never going to live there again. Um, <laughs> so, what was that? Uh, real life my real life relating is stargazing with my family on camping trips in the outback so we used to uh -huh. go camping we lived in um we're from Charleville, which is central queensland and it is the the ward plain is the best place possibly in the world for stargazing the milky way it's flat and wide and the skies are clear and oh my god we used to just lie back on the stretches around the fire as the fire sort of grows down yeah it dies down and just watch satellites go past and watch just watch the stars <sighs> glorious sounds... glorious glorious and i haven't had an experience like that since i moved to the city because you just don't see stars like that when you live in the city yeah, that's true. 
I don't really ever see them because I live in a big city, Beautiful. so I don't get to see them like that. You know what else is weird? Since I moved to the Netherlands, the stars are different. I don't see the Southern Cross anymore. The positions are different. It's really off-putting. <laughs> it's like I've lost my sense of time and space. I can imagine. Because like the I light. I have thought of that, but. Yep. Like the stars are different position. The sun and the moon are in different positions. The light is different. So I used yeah. to be able to know approximately what kind of, like how to have a feeling of what kind of time of day it was. None of that anymore because the light is so different. Um, I have no clue unless I look at a clock what time of day it is. So I've lost all sense of time and space since I moved here. <laughs> yeah, I could see that happening. I haven't yeah. experienced it, but it's very weird. Yeah. <sighs> but that's awesome. Stargazing is very beautiful. Yes, yes, very, very. All right. Prophecy speaks time. It's coming. I'm done. And sorry. Sorry. All right. So my questions are around my face. Do you remember like a while ago? I think I talked about it on the show. I had like yeah, like nerve, like a bit of loss of sensation in the left side of my face. Well, it never really returned to normal. I remember I thought, oh, it's coming from the muscles in my back. Now yeah. maybe it still is. Mm-hmm. but I've noticed that like I did an interview today and when I watched the video back I noticed that this side of my face is not as mobile or it's a little bit kind of oh, like this a little bit um, mm. like it's I, I hold it differently than what I used to like when I watch old videos like just a couple of years older I hold my face differently like my expressions are different I don't tick as much like I know since I got my glasses um I sort of I sort of went we widget my nose around a bit and you know but I never used to do that and I've worn glasses for freaking years so I've got these new ticks that I do with my face. It still feels weird, like a bit numb. And so now I'm like, okay, well, this has gone on for a bloody long time now. So my questions are, what do I need to do about my face? Should I be concerned? Is it muscular or something more sinister? Come on, universe, give me like a bit of direction. Should I be worried? You know, should I just get the massage you know get some massage stuff going on or do i need to go and see a neurologist okay let's see what we get the book i'm using is called breaking the spell religion as a natural phenomenon by daniel c dennett okay 
how nature deals with the problem of other minds. We find human faces in the moon, armies in the clouds, and by a natural propensity, if not corrected by experience and reflection, ascribe malice and goodwill to everything that hurts or pleases us. I saw you take, this is another, so that was David Hume, The Natural History of Religion. And another quote, I saw you take his kiss, tis true. Oh, modesty, t'was strictly kept. He thought me asleep. At least I knew he thought, I thought, he thought I slept. Coventry Patmore, The Kiss. The first thing we have to understand about human minds as suitable homes for religion is how our minds understand other minds. Everything that moves needs something like a mind to keep it out of harm's way and help it find the good things, even a lowly clam which tends to stay in one place, has one of the key features of a mind, a harm-avoiding retreat of its feeding foot into its shell when something alarming is detected. Any vibration or bump is apt to set it off, and probably most of these are harmless, but better safe than sorry is the clam's motto. Okay, I'll go see the doctor. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because till the very end there, I was picking up the vibe of like, if you just hold the intention that your face is perfectly healthy, then it's, <laughs> it'll heal itself. Yes. You know? But Better then at the end. Sorry. <laughs> I, I can do both though. Yes, 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 you can. Like and if, you know, if, if it's you playing go to the doctor, the, yeah, find out there's nothing else going on. Hmm. Like, it's just so bad. Yeah, exactly. I can. If there's I nothing can else going on, then exactly. So I can stop. I it'll stop worrying. Which, to be quite honest, most of the time is the problem. Right. I know that one. Um, you know the the worry like my the the best the way that i got through my worst 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 year my worst year where i could very easily have gotten into a very very dark place darker than i was was uh, my my reiki um precept using them um, as a recentering exercise every day, which is how they're supposed to be used. People think Reiki is a hands-on mm -hmm. healing practice. It's really not. It's a personal spiritual practice, which just happens to have hands-on healing as a side effect. But the, the precepts, you know, the first one is do not worry. Well, one of the first ones is do not worry, do not anger. Let me see if I can, I'll just look them up. So the Reiki precepts, uh, just for today, uh, I will not worry. I will not be angry. I will be grateful. I will be honest. I'll be kind and compassionate to every living thing, to myself and every living thing. 
and those precepts if you if, if when i use them they bring me back to this present moment they which all spiritual masters teach us to come back to this to this moment do not worry do not anger right and you know that there's that there's it's a, it's deceptively simple but very powerful anyway, yes so, it is there you go all right thank you <laughs> okay so mine is uh, uh i i received i this is literally like I felt like something download into me. This inspiration just I was out pulling weeds. And all of a sudden it was like poop and I was like that's so therapeutic, isn't it? Pulling weeds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I meant to say poop first. <laughs> I said poop. <laughs> I love that so much. So, yeah, so it literally I was out there just kind of pinged right in and I said oh my gosh could that really work and so I just started trying to draw neographica I started drawing some symbols from Harry Potter with it some Lord of the Rings stuff and I even um, I started thinking of all the ones I could use um, and also have you know like a healing aspect story to the drawings and then put them like create an Etsy shop or something and have it where people can purchase them to hang up and stuff and it all came to me from this strange eBay thing with my daughter, of all things. Um, and so I, my question, I guess, is I, I keep coming in and out of like this, oh my God, this is so awesome to, who am I to do this? I would never claim to be an artist before. Is anybody really going to like this or am I just being foolish? <laughs> Mm -hmm. thinking that my art is actually good enough to ask money for mm -hmm. and so I know this is kind of similar to what you asked last week no but isn't but, that interesting um, I it is it's interesting how our lives really kind of align and yeah we do very often completely parallel yeah. mm -hmm. so my question I guess is just this download that I got is this is this the guidance for like the next step to, to actually pursue this put them up on Etsy or, or what what would you have me do with this I guess mm -hmm. kind of question I'm using Catching Fire by Suzanne Collins and having been through prep with Flavius, Venia, and Octavia numerous times, it should just be an old routine to survive. But I haven't anticipated the emotional ordeal that awaits me. At some point during the prep, each of them bursts into tears at least twice, and Octavia pretty much keeps up a running whimper throughout the morning. It turns out they really have become attached to me, and the, the idea of my returning to the arena has, has undone them. Combine that with the fact that by losing me, they'll be losing their ticket to all kinds of big social events, particularly my wedding, and the whole thing becomes unbearable. The idea of being strong for someone else having never entered their heads, I find myself in the position of having to console them. Since I'm the person going in to be slaughtered, this is somewhat annoying. Um, 
It's interesting though, when I think of what PETA said about the attendant on the train being unhappy about the victors having to fight again, about people in the capital not liking it, I still think all of that will be forgotten once the gong sounds, but it's something of a revelation that those in the capital feel anything about us at all. Okay. okay. So something came up to me in the first paragraph about like the, those three people mm -hmm. that are like her um, ones that kind of like do her up and make her look pretty. Oh, okay. They're all, that's who they are. The ones that are like crying because she's going to go back into the arena mm -hmm. for the second time. And they get all kinds of like benefits from her being able to be her uh, what do you call them like her dresser up, like her dresser dresses up and her makeup artists and stuff <laughs> yeah and she's feeling like responsible even though she's the one being sent in to be slaughtered okay what Something does it was... say to you well there is a line um it turns out they really have become attached to me and the idea of my returning to the re arena has undone them. Mm -hmm. Like that line right there kind of popped up to me. My kids came into my mind of they're the ones that are attached to me because I, I, you know, they kind of rely on me for everything. Um, and so as far as the artist stuff, they've also been really amazed at the stuff i've done so far they are really into it and they're asking me all kinds of questions and so when when they popped into my head i felt like the art stuff would be a path to create a little bit more flexibility if, if it does work out to have extra income for my girls to have but also to to be doing something every single day that's meditative, that's healing for myself and to put something into the world that seems to be going down the toilet that can just contribute something good. Yeah. yeah. And that, I don't know about the specific about like the imposter syndrome I'm feeling. I don't know if you picked up anything I'm missing, but that's about as far as I got. Well, I mean, I've put you in the role of Katniss. Right. She doesn't feel imposter syndrome. She just feels responsible. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she's doing what she needs to do. Yeah, I just picked up something else. And you said that. And then her line about, I'm the one going in to be slaughtered. And this is somewhat annoying that I have to be the strong one. Yeah. Brings um, true of why this idea I feel popped into my head in the first place. It was kind of like the universe saying like, hey, here's another just opportunity for you. Because I've, you know, I've been looking for something, a pathway to like yeah. a little bit of relief around this. Yeah. I'm going to say you don't get an inspiration that the universe does not intend for you to follow now immediately not think about not do next week not think oh i'll do that when i have time you receive an inspiration because now is the time you're supposed to follow that inspiration 
Yes. Yes. I do agree with that. And I know that. And I've lived the truth of not listening and seeing That's how that does not work. Out. No. Yeah. So, so yeah, okay. Yeah. Are you happy with that? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Okay, so prediction for the next chapter. Um, <laughs> I just stretch your prediction. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very simple. I think that they will find Relg. He's either going to be buried in a hole or hiding up in a tree. Um, and then they'll just continue on their journey quietly okay. for a bit you know just kind of on the road getting to know each other maybe not that an exciting of a chapter but one that helps us get to know them a little bit more yep 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 oh, okay so, oh last week last week you predicted they will begin their journey through the caves out of ulgo and relg will show off some of his skills garen will find out more about his purpose so they did journey through the caves. Relg showed some of his quirks. And Bulgarian has been, I think he's kind of stepped into a little bit of his purpose as mm-hmm. like that maturity. Yeah. I think that sort of, so, you know. I think but, so. Oh, no, it's not true, right? Pretty good. Pretty good. Do you have a hashtag for this week? Do you have a cheeky mm. little hashtag? I don't know. Impure thoughts. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay, impure thoughts. Impure thoughts is the hashtag for this week, my darlings. If you want to throw that around somewhere, feel free. So we're at the end of the chapter. We're at the end of the chapter. We're at the end of the episodes where we are. Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> So thank you for sticking around for this whole episode. If you're yes. still here, are you still here? <laughs> like shout to us or from across the world if you are. <laughs> Maybe we'll hear you. We had a couple of lovely messages from um, a couple of patrons who are happy to have us back. We're happy to be yeah. back. Thank you very much. I think it was Niall and Eric. They're like, oh, happy to have you back. Mm-hmm. so that was very nice it's nice to feel like we're not just talking out into the void into the void the void the void. <laughs> yeah it does help though we are t- talking to each other as well well that's true I mean I think that we would just do this we, I mean we never started this show for uh, like to get followers <laughs> we just did it because right. we thought it would be a fun conversation <laughs> yeah and it is yeah still is week. Mm-hmm. yeah so so thank you for being with us and for journeying with us through this story through the caves through an intimate into the land of the mergos where probably some horrible things will start to happen 
but we're at that point in the story so it's to be expected yeah and um you'll find all of the extended show notes on our website i don't know if anybody actually goes there there's probably data somewhere that i can download but i don't but it's there if you want to have a look belgariot and beyond.goddesskindle.com and uh you can sign up to our mailing list if you like that would be great although you can go over to patreon and follow us on patreon and that's where we do all of our posts that we would have maybe put on facebook we don't do that on facebook anymore because facebook <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> but you can like leave a voice message for us which is a lot of fun and like it's not a big deal it's just like a is it a minute or 30 seconds? Like it's not very long. Like it's just like enough to say hello or whatever. If you are a, a second tier patron like Polgara's Flock, you can ask questions for uh, Prophecy Speaks and we will do that for you. We will, like, we will answer those questions. And I'm actually thinking about changing the third tier patron benefits to um, like a one-on-one -on -one session. With the two of us, like a three, two on, I don't know, a trois <laughs> session, like a prophecy yes. speak session or something. Like you could come on and like have a discussion, like do a reading. I thought that might be fun. Like have that as a benefit there for the third tier patrons. That is, yes. Yeah, that might be nice. Anyway, so that's what that's what I'm thinking about. If you, what are, I've totally, this is how tired I am okay yep so okay. if you want to connect if you want to chat about episodes connect with other fans of the show patreon is the place to do it so um you know because this is an indie production this show is an indie production spend hours and hours and hours producing it and the best way for you to support the show is to become a patron we have a two dollar tier a five dollar tier and a ten dollar tier ten dollar tier is about to get a new benefit that we were just talking about which i'm a little bit excited about actually i think it might be fun mm -hmm. so go over and have a check it out you can get video episodes and see all of the uncut stuff me flapping my hands around and the puppies wandering in and out of the, <laughs> the show seriously if you want to see a dog open a door you can watch our videos that way absolutely so yeah uh, I think I missed stuff. There's an email address, bilgariatandbeyond.gmail.com. Use it if you like. <laughs> yes. I think we got it covered now. We can wrap it up. Everybody have an awesome week. Talk to you next week, darlings. Bye.